Saddle up with your host of the Mainly Broncos podcast, Cameron Parker of PredominantlyOrange.com, Matty Balls, Brandon Miller, and MHRT Network's Marcus Boggs as they break down the NFL with a mainly Denver Broncos focus. Saddle up your Let's get at her. It is another episode of the Mainly Broncos podcast, and uh, it uh, it is always a fun time. We get a chance to record and you know bring you another episode of content that is talking about the Denver Broncos and talking about the new era Denver Broncos, or in the case of a healthy Denver Broncos. We're gonna we're gonna discuss a little bit. You know uh, why that is, and then at the very end of the episode, uh, we are going, or near the very end of the episode, we are going to talk about why why is it conceivable for for people, media, whoever, are sleeping on the Denver Broncos, whether that is in social media or you know in the the big national networks or you know wherever. Uh, we're going to talk about that today. So, but but before we get into that. Full disclosure again, uh, it is just going to be Brandon and I. Uh, Marcus, uh, unfortunately, cannot make it. Maddie is, uh, as we all know, he he has another podcast that he does off to the side, which is an NBA podcast called the Topic Thunder Podcast associated with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Obviously, they made a huge move today of, of signing um, uh, Dort, uh, the player Dort from the Oklahoma City Thunder, to a big deal of uh, of his own about five years 87 some million dollars not quite the the big uh, supermax that nicole Jokic signed for uh for about five years in 264 uh, million dollars um you know but still a pretty pretty crazy deal when you think about the just the overall you know, contracts that get handed out uh in the uh in the nba but uh it is just i didn't even know they signed lou dort i didn't even know that happened uh, yeah, so but it is going to be the two of us. It's going to be the dynamic duo of Brandon Miller and myself, Cameron Parker, running the show over here at Mainly Broncos. How are you doing, Brandon? Uh, well, I'm clearly catching up on what's happening in the NBA because I did not see that happen at all. The only thing I knew about was that the Nuggets weirdly questionable signing and then the Nuggets uh, incredibly obvious signing of <laughs> giving all the money in the world to the two-time MVP as they should. I'm pretty um, sure that's like the, the richest contract in NBA history. Well, I think they said it was uh, um, the richest or one of the richest. Uh, I'm sure it is yeah. the richest. You find out. Um, but, you know, yeah, I mean, it was a very obvious uh, one. It, it is, is the richest. Yeah, I mean, it was an obvious one. I mean, Nikola Jokic is the best center in, in the game. He is either the second player in Denver sports as far as current athletes, or he's the third best. You can argue with your brother or sister, whoever, you know, uh, you could argue with Brandon Miller for all for all you care if you want um, between who is the second uh, best. Between, the only uh, people that could be arguing with anyone, they're going to be arguing with you because you're the <laughs> only one who has it wrong. <laughs> but uh, the point is you can alternate them and, um, I don't, I don't, I, and you can see the argument for either side, honestly, for two or three, um, for why Nathan McKinnon is, uh, uh, is two or, you know, Nicole Jokic is three. I, I thought it was I, not ironic, but I mean, like, obviously, uh, it's just kinda, Jokic it, is two. but it was just, it was just kind of funny that, 
we we got Nikola Jokic news, which was very obvious. I mean, he was going to be signing this deal, and you know, regardless of uh, Tim Conley left or whatever, um, he, I'm he, still he, pissed about that, and it's still your fault. It is not my fault. Uh, you can hold uh, that uh, that grudge all you want, Mr. Brandon, but you know, it is it is not my fault. Um, but yeah, so Nikola Jokic signs his big, massive deal. Congratulations to him and the rest of the Never Nuggets. And also, before we get into the other news of the day, congratulations again to the Colorado Avalanche. They held their parade on Thursday. And I, I got to tell you, Brandon, it was so freaking cool. Did you see what they did for the parade? Go ahead and just rub it on my face. Why don't you? I wasn't no, there. I, 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 I wasn't there. Go. I was not there. Oh, you weren't there? Oh, okay. <clears throat> no, no, no. Um, but did you see what they did? So, so, so for anybody that does, so for anybody that does not know, um, or does know, the Denver Pioneers won the Frozen Four. They won the NCAA championship in hockey. The Colorado Mammoth won the National League Lacrosse Championship this year. About a, in that same month, or should we say that the Colorado Avalanche won the Stanley Cup? So you know what the Colorado Avalanche did? They put them on the same ride at, during the parade so that they could experience that Stanley Cup parade with them on that route to the, the Civic Center, um, which I thought was really cool. So you have the Denver Pioneers really experience the Stanley Cup parade and the Colorado Mammoth experience a Stanley Cup parade. I thought it was quite the touch. Uh, that's pretty cool. I didn't see that. The only two things that I saw were uh, Peyton Manning holding the Stanley Cup. <laughs> which was awesome. And then the cop not knowing that Bo Byron was actually a player on the Avs. He was like basically like yelling at him or getting, trying to get him in trouble for like, or trying to get him to like leave like the parade, like being in the parade. And he's like, no dude, I play for the team. And it took like 15 seconds to convince the cop that like, he's actually a player on the Colorado avalanche. And he had like had no idea who he was. Like, and then he, and I think he, uh, and, and then he then like was running, you know, on the, uh, the, the street, just high-fiving fans. And I mean, he wasn't just the only one camera car was doing it and, you know, a, a bunch of other players were doing it, but I mean, yeah, it was yeah, like the cop knew camera car. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I gotta say, um, it was quite the scene. There are pictures everywhere, all over social media of, uh, you know, of the event and, Avs fans, Denver sports fans, Denver sports fans in general. We, I am quite proud of you with the fact that there was quite the turnout for anybody that wants to make the argument, you know, that it is a Broncos town and it's probably still going to be a Broncos town. You guys made a fair argument of just your, uh, just your appearance alone being there for a Stanley Cup parade and a Stanley Cup, you know, um, celebration of the Cardo as winning that Stanley Cup. You made a pretty darn good argument. And actually, even the Denver Pioneers being represented well, you guys made a pretty darn good argument for it being well, maybe a hockey town. And Denver East uh, High won the Division Two high school championship in the U.S. this year. It's pretty cool. Like, I mean... And I don't know if they were involved, obviously, uh, at some shape or form. Uh, I actually don't know about that. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but I mean, it's still pretty cool. Um, but again, like if you're going to be making an argument that maybe the uh, maybe the Denver sports scene is turning a little bit, that it might be a hockey town. There's your example right there. There's your example right there. There's the fans being in droves. 
and and being there in the presence of just your Cardo Avalanche or Denver Pioneers and the Cardo Mammoth, which isn't hockey, but it's it's lacrosse. But I, I mean, you could argue it's hockey on <laughs> hockey on you know turf basically. But I mean, it's it's a completely different sport. But I mean, still like. It, you could make the argument maybe at this particular point we're trending toward a hockey town while it is still a Broncos town. Well, as long as we're veering wildly off topic, did you see a Kadri shirt that he had made? I did. I did. Oh my God. Uh, Where do I buy one? It was fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it was so fitting that that was the kind of shirt that got created saying, you know, too many men, because that was the argument during the Stanley cup, uh, finals. Um, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I, Obviously, as we are getting off topic, the plan, I hope, is that for uh, Joe Sackick and Josh Kroenke, um, you know, and a, a bunch of those people, Jared, uh, Jared Bednar, of course, you know, being the head coach, can get involved. Maybe Gabriel Landeskog, of course, um, getting involved and keeping those guys that are needed for their core to maybe make another run, meaning uh, the, the key guys, Valerie Nachushkin and, uh, and Nazim Kadri. They can bring all those guys back, um, and they they have some other free agents, of course. Bring uh, bring us about as much as you as you can back, and see if you can run it back. But yeah, it was a it was a fantastic scene to see that T-shirt for sure. Um, we have so transitioning to uh, transitioning to the the main dish. Should we say of this uh, of this podcast? Unless were you going to say something real quick? So the thing I was going to say, just as an attempt to steer it back towards the title of the podcast um how long do you think Jokic's contract is going to be the richest in denver professional sports (laughs) so let's see because i don't think it's going to be very long so what was it was five years 264 right Mm -hmm. oh yeah to five i think it's five years 270 i think something along those lines i think it would depend on obviously it is it it is truly dependent on the contract that russell wilson signs really that's that is the point and it is truly dependent upon um the contract that um that he will sign which we all know um really the only rumored uh contract details that we know of is five years 250 million and the only thing that would really top that particular deal of Nikola Jokic, Brandon, would be the guaranteed money. Like that's really the only thing we all know that, like on the surface, five and two fifty, that's still well, little, and that, that's still a little bit less than than Jokic. But still, the thing that would trump it would be the guaranteed money. Well, but and the five and two fifty was never confirmed to be. It was a, it was true. a guess. It was it, just complete random. Yeah. yeah, so it could be more. It was a well, especially yeah. with the new the deep pockets that we now have. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was basically, you know, um, we're going to pull it out of our ass and make up a, you know, a, a contract and, and then potentially run with it as a story that was, uh, there was an air quotes real, according to some, you know, news, news uh, circles. Um, but a yeah. lot of things are real according to those news circles. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see certainly, um, and if it is true, like we said, if it is true that five and two fifty, it's still just on the surface of that would be just a little bit less than a Cole Jokic. But those would be the two richest contracts uh, within Denver sports. And then actually, I think below that you would have Chris Bryant's Chris Bryant's contract with the um, Colorado Rockies, I believe. Um, and then you can get some more of the deals. I think maybe Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray's. I think maybe. 
um, at that particular point. Um, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah. So as we know, uh, so steering it back to the Broncos. Yeah. Yeah. So, so steering a little bit back to the Broncos, obviously the main course of the pod, we all know that the Broncos wide receiver room is as deep as it's ever been. Maybe the deepest it has ever been. Um, but we also know that it was it was a plagued and injury riddled season for two of those players. One in particular, or actually two in particular, Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler was interviewed in the um, Denver Broncos video of his why, um, uh, and it wasn't necessarily talking about it from the standpoint of his why in the standpoint, because whenever you hear that, Brandon, I will be honest, whenever you hear his why, you sort of hear it from the standpoint of what makes him tick or what makes him the person that he is um, today. And basically like his ground, like his, his grounding, like what is his grounding kind of sense? Like, you know, what is like, what is his like moral compass, like moral code kind of deal? Like what is his why? But at the same time, it still applies to the sense of like, where he got to this particular point and what better example to bring up than the injury history or the, sorry, the injuries that he sustained in 2021. He actually brought up a, an injury in that video, honestly, that I didn't even know about. Um, he, I, I obviously knew that he, he tore his ACL and MCL, but I did not at all remember hearing anything about his hip and that, that he injured his hip. I don't remember hearing anything. About I remember it. hearing about that. You didn't uh, hear about that. But I'm also, you know, getting up there in age. So I'm probably, you know. Maybe you uh, forgot. Yeah, so maybe I forgot. Um, but I don't know. I, I, but I, I thought it was, I thought it was really impressive to see him. To I, Actually, maybe the most important thing to see a side that, you know, we, we all really never see with KJ Ham. We always see the, what we think is maybe, I feel like at times it could be used as like a, a derogatory term because you don't necessarily mean him in that way, but like a class clown. Like KJ Hamler, he he's he's kind of like the funny guy of the group, you know. Um, but I mean, but in the sense of like, you know, with what he was dealing with, you got a real and a just an, an honest answer to to truly where where he was at like his deepest darkest moment after that injury, which. He said that it was the first time he sustained a ACL injury since I believe it was high school. I think he yeah, said, said like he, <clears throat> he toured so. high school. It was awesome, Brandon. It was awesome. Yeah, it's definitely. Um, I wasn't sure what that video was going to be about when you first sent it to me, but it was actually it's like really interesting to watch. I actually watched it two different times because <clears throat> um, like. I don't know. I feel like that's something you don't really see the backstory behind like, I hate to say it, but ACL tears, they're just such a very common injury in, in the NFL and just pro sports in general. It's kind of like just turned into like that. They have like, Oh, I broke my arm. Right. Or it's like something that's like very common. It's like, okay, well it's like, whatever, just like brush it off. Um, well not brush it off in the sense of the player, but like as fans or people watching the sport hear about it, they're like, Oh, well, okay. We've seen that a thousand times before. Like that's nothing that that's nothing crazy. Right. Um, at least that's how I feel like it's kind of gotten to, cause you just see it so many times. Um, but you haven't really seen anyone kind of go behind the scenes. At least I haven't seen anyone go behind the scenes talking about like what that's actually like. 
And he, like literally he starts the video saying like, I just remember being in the hospital. I was only supposed to be there for a week. I was in the hospital for two weeks. He said he couldn't take a shower for two weeks. Um, and they like had video of him think doing about, like. Think, think about PT that for a second. And, yeah, it was actually like. <laughs> like not even taking a different. shower for two weeks. Yeah. Like that's how serious this injury is. Um, oh, and then not only that, Brandon, he lost 40 pounds. Yeah, he lost 40 about, pounds, which is insane. Well, we're talking about KJ Hamler. Like we're not, we're not, this we're not talking not about to begin with. Yeah. 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 We're not talking about like Cortland Sutton or, you know, a tight end who's like, you know, six, five and, you know, maybe two fifty, and he lost 40 pounds. No. KJ Hamler <laughs> on the unofficial NFL.com uh, players profile comes in at five, nine, one seventy eight. So, so he lost 40 pounds. <laughs> My God. I mean, he, he looks what? great. He said he was in for two weeks, and he said he still has ten more pounds to gain. That's actually kind of just kind of insane, like to hear that backstory of like, just like him not like you literally can't shower. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you were talking a little bit about you know the just the overall ACL injury, um, just in general. I, I mean, you really don't hear those types of backstories unless you actually like talk to a person or that particular person um, that we may know is vulnerable enough to use a public space to talk about a particular injury. You know, one, one person that I know of in particular and that we know of in particular and he's a friend of the show is Cody Rourke. Uh, Cody, you know, has talked at, at times about his knee injuries and his knee injuries at, at Agnosium at, at times about social media and just about how, and even on his podcast on Lockdown Broncos, like he's talked a little bit about it before and he's talked a little bit about how, just the overall process of just even recuperating and then just even getting to the point where you can actually have the mobility that you need to be where you need to be right. Uh, like to get on the football field. And so I, I think that whenever you are that vulnerable, it, it speaks volumes, I think for your vulnerability to be at that place. And I think that, um, and, and, and so I, I really do commend KJ at that because I it, it really puts you in it's what we talked about earlier, but it puts you into the shoes of where KJ Hamler truly was, you know, with him losing the 40 pounds, with him losing, um, you know, the the ability to not shower for two weeks. I mean, like it's just uh, and then also even to, to, to put, just make matters just that much worse for KJ. He lost his grandmother. Um just around the time that he was either sent home or right around the time that he um, was, well, I mean, he was still in the process of recovering, but um, I think he was sent home around that time. But yeah, he lost his grandmother and it was a, it was a devastating and just rough story to hear in the sense where here's a guy who reaches out and talks to his grandmother every single Monday, but the one Monday that he does not reach out to her, is the one Monday that is the last, that really is, you know, the, the last day that he really even vividly remembers, it, you know, either thinking or talking, you know, with his grandmother. I, and so I, I think that, you know, there were just so many different vulnerable places and spots within that video that just, you really saw a side of it um, for, for KJ that I really hope Denver Bronco fans can truly appreciate that particular side of him versus, you know, that fun, you know, um, energetic, you know, uh, comedic side of KJ. Yeah. Um, 
at the risk of crying on this podcast, <laughs> when I first, when I saw that part, that really got me. I actually also lost my grandma in January uh, myself. So I know how tough that is. It's, I've never torn my ACL, but I feel pretty confident saying that's tougher yeah. going through that um, with losing his grandma than the physical injury that he was still going through. Yeah. When that happened, um, is it because so at I, that point, because at, at that point, Brennan, like, it's not just physical at that point, it's it's mental, you know, because it's like, um, well, and it's physical. Well, I, mean, I, yeah. I physically felt it. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. So it's not just physical; it's mental as well. And so I, and even you know, you you talked about losing your grandmother. I, I, I can speak from personal experience. I no longer have any living grandparents i really so i do not have any living grandparents i don't either uh, yeah and so it's just it's it's hard because you know you 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 know just from my vantage point you know you have you have a grandpa who was for all intents and purposes your inspiration of why you wanted to pursue playing in sports or sports media or being behind a microphone and doing what I'm doing right now or what we are doing right now. Like, you know, he was my inspiration in the sense of doing something like this. And so it really brings me to tears that unfortunately he's never been able to truly get a chance to hear me be on air or get a chance to do anything to sit down and actually hear me on air. So it's, it really does put you in this, that emotional you know, mood. And it goes for my grandma as well. And uh, both grandmas, I should say. And so, um, it's just, uh, it, it's sad. And so I, I don't mean to make you cry too, uh, Brandon. It's just, it's, it's I was just already that, going to. Yeah. Yes. But it, it, it really does put you into perspective that aside from just the ACL injury that he was dealing with, it was, it was a mental struggle and a physical struggle just with the fact that he had the ACL injury, MCL injury, dealing with the hip injury, um, you know, and then the, obviously the loss of his grandma. Well, and I mean, he said himself, like she took him to the boys and girls club. Like she, she was kind of his mom because his mom was working. Uh, and he's, he also said she never got to see him win an NFL game because he came in during COVID um, and then he had the injury. I think I'm pretty sure he said that that she had never seen him. Something I, I think uh, or something. Maybe it was like in person, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure he, he talked about that. Yeah. Um, but I, I think the part that I think um, was also even more. I mean, it, it's hard to pick. You know, your favorite parts of the certain video. But I one one thing, you know, that is always so beneficial. You know. Excuse me, we talked a bit about how when you can hear a side of a story, when you can hear a side of a story of, you know, someone who had a previous ACL injury and actually can talk about it. Well, as we said, the Broncos are, you know, no, uh, they, they are very known for having ACL injuries to either their wide receiver room or any of the players that are on the, uh, you know, on, uh, on the roster. One, of course, being Cortland Sutton. And so I thought that when you, I, I think that when you have the ability of Cortland Sutton, who we feel is, I think, that an underrated captain, uh, I guess you could probably quantify like that, but a guy that everybody sees Russell Wilson, everybody sees Justin Simmons, you know, being this, uh, 
this leader of the entire football team. But I think people at times have a tendency to forget about Corlin Sutton in the sense of that wide receiver room. And so I think that getting the chance to hear his side and and hear what he was going through, but more importantly, how KJ was transitioning back and to see his transition, you know, to the training facility and then from the training facility to the football field. And because at that point, like the best way that I remember the video was, I mean, I, I think that the way that Corden was describing it was like, you can train all you want, but until your, your mental side of your game is where it needs to be. Like that's at that point where you know that you're going to be turning the corner. And so the fact that you're talking about an injury that KJ Hamler was sustaining or even, and while it may not be as fast as KJ's, Brandon, but like Cortland still was dealing with the fact of like, once he got to that, that mental stage where he was able to be just fully there and fully, you know, uh, should we say fully healthy, right? I mean, like fully healthy, you know, to be that wide receiver one for the Denver Broncos, it, I, I think it really took him over the top. And so I think that that for Denver Broncos fans should make, them excited for KJ Hamler knowing the fact he's seven months out basically from that ACL injury and then to see where he is at that mental state well and then I mean Cortland Sutton talked about it where like he's like you know how do you trust your body again to like support you which was interesting to see from from Cortland Sutton's perspective as well Um, I don't know I kind of got the feeling like they're I mean, obviously, I don't really know their relationship, but I, I don't know. I kind of got the feeling that Cortland Sutton was like talking like he was talking like a, about a brother kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which was cool to see. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to be like as as prominent in that video as he was. Oh, yeah. Agree. And I think that also. Like, if anyone, I would think it'd be Jerry Judy because they were drafted at the same time. They had um, the same. They had the, roughly the same injury. Right. Yeah. Um, no. Yeah. Um, well, well, I yeah. mean. roughly or close to i mean obviously uh judy didn't tear his mcl it was just his acl um or it was an acl sprain i should say it was uh um it was something along the lines i mean because obviously we all know judy returned um during the season and still didn't get um (laughs) any touchdowns during the season but i think that lost in all of you know uh well not lost but i mean like I think that now transitioning to Hamler's presence on the football field, I think people truly are sleeping on the fact in the sense of not Broncos country and not, you know, Broncos podcasters or Broncos media members in the sense, but I think that the national media truly is kind of sleeping on the idea of the importance that KJ Hamler will bring for this type of offense with Russell Wilson. I, I really do. And so to see where he is, to see where he is out, the seven months out, I think that people, obviously, you know, you want, you are cautiously optimistic because of his injury. But I think that people, you know, really do need to realize that you have a player that truly can be the Tyler Lockett of this offense. I don't know if I'd say people sleep on him. I think people just forget about him because. I mean, obviously, you didn't really – I mean, obviously, the, with the injury, you didn't see him for a while. And then you kind of have all the uh, hype about, obviously, Cortland Sutton. And then you have the hype about Jerry Judy of, like, okay, is this going to finally be the year that Jerry Judy breaks out? Because 
uh, KJ Hamler, <clears throat> not that he, I don't know if I'd say he like broke out, but he, um, like you've seen what he can do already. Like you've seen him on the field. He's not like the unknown. I feel like Judy is still kind of in that unknown, I guess, lens that because he did scoring touchdowns and you're just like wondering, okay, well maybe he can kind of still like turn into like a superstar, right? Cause you just haven't really seen it. And and that just kind of makes it mysterious and makes it interesting. And some people are like, oh, Jerry Judy. But people, I think, just forget about KJ Hamler, honestly. Um, and I mean, at, at the risk of bringing him up because I really don't want to. <laughs> but the same thing I think happened with like Drew Locke was, well, you didn't really see him much. So and he has all this talent. It's like, oh, well, OK, he's just, he's the unknown. He's like the sexy. Oh, there's like a mystery about him. He could turn into like he could still become, you know, Andrew Locke or I don't know. That wasn't what people compared him to, but like, you see what I'm saying? Where it's like, you don't really know. He could just kind of like explode because you haven't really seen him. It's like still that, that mystery. Um, and I think that's kind of what happened with Jerry Judy and some people just like, Oh, well, Jerry Judy, Jerry Judy. And they didn't even remember like literally the guy that was again, drafted in the same class as him. Uh, just forget yeah. pick hey, after. KJ Hamper. A pick after. But, you know, I think that one of the things, and we talked about it, you know, with even the offense that we're hoping we are going to get under Pat Shermer, um, you know, never happened, never materialized, never, you know, got a chance to see it, except from in preseason uh, on, on a bomb to uh, KJ from True Lock against the Minnesota Vikings. Um, but, I mean, like, his speed is absolutely killer. And, you know, Make no mistake, speed is is one of the most important and maybe invaluable things that you know can take an offense from from bad to good and from good to great and from great to elite. And I, I think that with KJ and then you look at the overall wide receiver room that the Broncos have, I I really think that if KJ can reach that potential of where he certainly seems to be trending toward as far as fully healthy now after his ACL injury, if he can be that player where he is breaking in and out of his breaks without any restraint and without any, should we say, wincing in pain, right? Uh, you know, if he can be that type of player that is going to be able to run full sprint 20-some miles an hour you know, on a full uh, on a full deep route or a go route, right? And if he can be that type of guy, um, then I, I really think that you will see you will see this offense just be able to explode. Because I, I think that the other important thing too is I think people do sleep on the fact uh, that Jerry Judy, we all know, is an exceptional route runner. But I think people do, you know, miss. I, I really do think in the sense of sleeping or in, in, to, to what you were talking about, you know, forgetting, I think people forget just how good of a route runner KJ is. And so when he's describing mm-hmm. his ability, you know, with, with where he was with his injury and being now being seven months out and him talking about how he's starting to get a little bit better now as far as his fluidity, you know, on uh, and they were showing some clips. He was looking pretty darn quick on some of those clips, you know, whether that was past well, videos or, you know, current videos, whatever. But I mean, like he was looking pretty, pretty good. Um, and so I, I think that, um, that part of the game, I think not just the deep threat of it, but I mean, 
that part of the game can just can just really just take the team even to even more heights. Well, it's not even just like his speed in terms of like he's just going to run past someone. It's just like he like he can get in and out of breaks like in his routes just incredibly quickly. Yeah, and I think that um, when you there's a video, and actually it might have been around the point in time when uh, Judy was a Bronco, and then uh, like right around the time that they were drafted, and they were released. Judy is still a Bronco, uh, and and like in, but I mean like uh, you know what I mean like it was it was right around the time when uh, they were drafted, right, and they were releasing all these videos, they're releasing their workout videos, um, and you saw Judy, and then you saw Hamler, and. Hamler, what seemed to be like, was running the exact same drill as Judy, but he was doing it at like maybe two or three or four times more speed in and out of it because he's just so fast. And I think that um, our our hope is that we can be able to see that unfold. And we saw it a few times. Um, but, you know, again, like I think that there's a few things, though, that you hope is still there for KJ. Obviously, the route running right that we talked a little bit about but you know one thing i will say uh that is a little bit of an underrated trait for kj uh and it's i guess it's you know for all the years that i was watching steve smith and you know stuff like that but it's just like i think that kj brings a toughness about him that you just don't see very often from someone who's around 170 pounds or you know um maybe that's that uh, the weight sheet is lying but you know someone who's you know, about 170-ish pounds, but he can pack a punch. Just ask uh, Joe Hayden uh, in the in the game. That I was literally going to say the same yeah. thing. He beat me to yeah. it. But I mean, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, just ask Joe Hayden, I, I th- or or even his 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 high point catches. You know, in in the first few weeks of the season, uh, where he uh, what is it? The New York Giants game. Obviously, um, the play where he did injure his ACL and MCL. He went up and high pointed it. I don't remember if he caught it, but I mean, he still was in between three players. And I, I don't remember if he came down with it or not, but I mean, still, uh, that's an underrated part of his game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I was going to bring up the Joe Hayden thing. I'm so mad that you beat me to it. The, if anyone doesn't remember what we're talking about, it's like that, that mic'd up, uh, clip from the game when we played the Steelers and it basically was like Joe Hayden. I still don't really understand what Joe Hayden was doing, but he was like, he was covering KJ. He was like, like being all cocky, like, oh, I lift weights or whatever. And KJ just like runs into him. It's so funny. Um, and just like not like full steam ahead, just like knocks him over. And then I, I can't remember what he said, but I felt like after the clip. And, and afterwards he was like, oh, oh damn. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So they, they kind of said like an after clip. It's like, oh, <laughs> like, like it was just total shock that a guy like 170 pounds actually did that to him. So, um, yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I think that uh, um, it, it's definitely going to be something to watch because anytime you have a key injury for a, to a player like KJ Hamler, it's going to be a fun, fun thing to watch. Certainly, um, one thing certainly that every Broncos fan has been watching. Yourself, myself, has been monitoring at times, obviously through social media, or even with the national media like TV and whatnot. It just it, it appears that there are some people that are sleeping or maybe not paying attention as much to the Denver Broncos. What do you, th- what do you think? Or why do you think that is Brandon? Uh, I don't, I don't know if I a hundred percent agree. I don't know if I would call it sleeping. I feel like 
if anything, I think Denver's gotten almost the most attention this offseason for obvious reasons. But I mean, like um, for, for people that are like, like, I guess for people that are and I, I'm, I'm not trying to name names because, you know, but it's just it's one that like for. I don't know if I would say so, like, here's what I was going to say. I don't know if I would call it not. I don't know if they're not paying attention or like sleeping on us. I think the, the thing I see more often is people that are just like downplaying everything. It's like, oh, well, Russell Wilson isn't actually that good. Like, oh, well, like, okay, the receivers like aren't actually that good. Like their defense isn't that great. Uh, like that's where I see more than people just like ignoring us or, or sleeping on us. It's more just, I guess you could, you could call that sleeping on it. Like if that's your definition, I see what you're saying. Um, I don't call it that, but like what I see is, people just like downplaying it of like, like I had just mentioned, you know, it's not actually that big of a deal that they got Russell Wilson or this roster. Like it really is not that good. That's what I see most often. I don't really know why. Honestly, I think it's just like, it's, it's kind of like the team. It's honestly just sort of like where the team is at this point, like as sort of the underdog, which I kind of like, because I mean, obviously they're in the AFC West. You have, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I mean, yeah. he's never going away. Like yeah. by default being in the same division as Patrick Mahomes, you kind of are like, you're automatically in his shadow. Right. Um, and then you have Justin Herbert, who I'm absolutely terrified of because he's so good and incredibly young. And like, I honestly don't even think people talk enough about how good he is. And I don't even want them to talk more about it because I don't want to hear about it more, but it actually scares me. Um, but you have him in the division and, Russ kind of like, even with Russ, it kind of is like, again, under that shadow of like, oh, well, you know, obviously Patrick Mahomes is ne- is always going to be popular. But now, you know, Justin Herbert is like the the new, you know, sexy name, young gun guy that everyone like wants to, to know about and follow and like watch excel and turn into a superstar. So it's just like, again, Russ is kind of just like, oh, he's over there, right? Um, that's what I see happen more often. And I guess, again, you could call that sleeping on like if that I see you could have that as your definition of being slept on, but that's what I see happen more. And I think that's just the reason is like, what else has been happening in the division, especially after, you know, we made that trade and then who else is in the division? Did you know that, uh, Justin Herbert's a good quarterback? Brandon? <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's not that it's not yeah. that like when I say I don't think I've seen people talk about him enough it's more like that's not even what I mean that, that he's I possibly a to top five more. it's just like that he's so good and he's also just he's, he's so young he's younger than Patrick Mahomes I'm horrified yeah <laughs> yeah absolutely you know one, one argument that I think um, is a reason why people are sleeping on him in the sense is uh, you know, obviously I think a second reason is everything that you brought up, which is the sense of the division, because obviously that's something everybody talks about, you know, whether, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if it was good morning football, but there was a certain, you know, a segment that said, you know, who will finish fourth in the division. And, you know, um, there are a few people that said the Broncos are going to finish fourth in the division. That's bullshit. Uh, um, you know, but I mean, like, I, I think that, um, you know, I, I mean, but it's, it still sort of falls within the line of like, you know, there, there's people that just don't know necessarily where everything's going to fall within the AFC West because you every single team has a legitimate argument, not just for 
Super Bowl contention, but you know, potentially for going to the playoffs. Like all four teams very well could be going to the playoffs. And so uh, I, I, uh, I could see the Raiders in the playoffs, but I still think that they're not. I'm being generous. I, th- I think they're I'm being generous. But I'm, I'm being I mean, I, I agree with you. I, I'm not saying I disagree with you, but like that's where my confusion comes in is like the people that talk about like Denver potentially still being the worst or whatever in the vision. I'm just like, um, the Raiders aren't superstars. Like, okay, they have some good pieces now, but to me, it's clearly one, two, three, four. Yeah. Like one, yeah. two, three, whatever you want to say, and then it's Raiders. Not exactly the Moneyball meme, right? <laughs> Which is, uh, you know, I you almost know. said that, but I because I've said yeah. it before. Well, but I mean, like at the same time, it's like it's not exactly that Moneyball meme because the Raiders aren't crap. You know, um, if you're going to talk about Denver sports, I mean, you know, I'm not. I like Derek Carr, I do, but compared to the rest of the division, at the quarterback position, they are crap. I mean, again, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a top ten quarterback. I think he's probably ten, but maybe, maybe top twelve. Um, but again, comparatively. Whatever order you want to go, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, 50 feet of crap, Raiders. (laughs) Right, right, basically. But, you know, so so what I was going to say is the second thing that I was going to say, you know, with with the standpoint of maybe why people are sleeping on the Broncos, is I think that even though they have Russell Wilson, even though they have Jerry Judy, uh, the wide receiver room, they have the running back room of Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams. They have the defense that is there. They have a lot of pieces that is there that make up what some people feel in Broncos country or maybe even national media as far as Super Bowl contenders. You know, I think that one of the reasons why people are a little, um, you know, um, uh, cautiously optimistic or just maybe just cautious about the Broncos in that sense is when you when you have sucked for six years, six or seven years, you want to be able to turn the corner. So while you know we can convince ourselves and say, hey, the Broncos are going to be a better football team, you know, and even with the new coaching staff and everything else, you want to see it unfold. And that's really my point. Is I like with the media, you want to see it unfold on the football field. And so I, I think that maybe um, some of that, some of it is just really in the sense of, hey, I'm a, I, I'm in wait and see mode, right? Like I, I'm in wait and see to certainly see what the chemistry is going to be, and then who knows? I mean, obviously we're not even at, uh, we're not at training camp yet, we're not at preseason, uh, you know, to certainly see what it's like in preseason. So I, I think that people who are, you know, looking at it from the standpoint of, you know who are these Denver Broncos going to be before they make, you know, the, the predictions that they need to make. Maybe they're like waiting to actually see something or it's one thing, two things, three things, four things to make that determination that says, okay, Broncos are truly Super Bowl contenders. I guess that's kind of the second thing I was making. Yeah. I, I think part of it too, honestly, is just like people are kind of like starving for hot takes right now because we're almost in July. It's the dead part of the off season. You've already seen all the crazy stuff happen and you've already seen the spotlight just 
shined on Denver in every way possible. And people are now just like, oh, well, I'm just going to throw some, I'm going to stir the pot a little bit. Like, oh, well, what can I do that's going to get some clicks or some attention? Oh, well, I've, we've seen, you know, all the stuff going on in, in the AFC West and what Denver just did with making this massive, massive trade, even historically massive trade. What can I do to, throw some, to stir the pot or throw some, um, throw some gasoline on the fire. Oh, okay. Well, they're going to be fourth in the division or they're like not as good as people say, or like whatever. I think that's also part of it. Honestly, is people are just like, they got some people out there that want to stir the pot and they just want to find a hot take that they can use because it's July and it's getting just to the point of what do we talk about? And I feel like that honestly is part of it. I mean, we're, we're at times guilty of it, <laughs> you know, I mean, trying to, to scramble, you know, I mean, we'll be honest. Brandon definitely will be honest. We were trying to scramble to try and find some topics to talk about. Luckily, we scrambled upon, uh, you know, a, a pretty good topic for the show. And I thought, you know, uh, or topics uh, for the show. So I, I thought that, you know, overall, um, we did pretty well. But I mean, again, yeah, you know, you know, you're right. I mean, you're at that dry period, you're at the dull period where you're like, you're trying to find uh, certain news stories, but luckily, luckily, you know, uh, with uh, July hitting the corner, that is the month, ladies and gentlemen, that training camp will hit. So sooner rather than later, not just Bronco fans, but the Broncos players will continue to get back out there and prove that uh, prove to them and prove to that organization that iron sharpens iron and that they're going to win or put themselves in position of winning another Super Bowl. And then for our sake, we are going in the month of July. We're going to be in the month of July. We are going to be breaking down position by position, you know, uh, just of, as far as what the Broncos have positionally, who could possibly be in the bubble within that type of position group and basically just give you a positional preview. And so it's just, it's, it's basically in the sense of, you know, where exactly uh, do these particular, you know, players stand? So I think that it's going to be a fun conversation. However, near the end and maybe the episode just before training camp, Marcus can finally calm down because at that point, we will finally do the 53-man roster prediction, the first initial 53-man roster Predictions. So, Marcus, if you're listening, you can calm your tits. We're going to do a 53-man roster prediction. Uh, if Marcus is listening, he's probably going to leak one of the seven that he already has. <laughs> yeah, and probably the seven are obvious. <laughs> um, no, no, I mean like one of the seven 52-man roster predictions that he already has created. 52? He like he's made seven different 52-man roster predictions. Is what I'm saying. There's a there's a fifty. I guess my they have a fifty-two man roster somewhere. He has a prediction for it. I guarantee it. <laughs> for anybody that's it's a fifty-three man roster, you know. But I mean, who knows? Marcus is such a. What did I say? You said fifty-two. Oh my god. Okay, fifty-three. I'm still sick. Okay, I'm I'm not paying attention. Hey, you you not cough during the the podcast. So I mean, I, I give you props for for pushing through. And we give you guys, listeners of the Manly Broncos podcast. Oh my for God, I, I literally thought I was saying 53 that whole time. Continue. <laughs> you know, but yeah, and we, we want to thank you guys, listeners of the Manly Broncos podcast, for continuing to push through with us and being 
part of the Mainly Broncos, you know, listening family. We thank you guys so much. If you guys are listeners over there at iTunes, the Apple Podcast, leave us a review. If you guys like us, love us, leave us leave us that fantastic five star review. If you guys are listening over there on Google, Spotify, or iHeartRadio, or even Amazon Music, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Mainly Broncos podcast. As usual, you guys can follow Brandon at Brandon Miller PO. Follow myself at Cameron Parker PO. Marcus is not here tonight. We trolled him anyway. But you guys can follow him at Mr. Underscore Boggins. You guys can follow the Thunder fan, or as we like to call, you know, the uh, the Gordon Ramsay Jr. You guys can follow him over at Matty Moles Pod. He does the podcast we talked about at the top of the broadcast, top of the podcast. Uh, you know, he does the podcast called uh, Topic Thunder, not Tropic Thunder, because we all know Tropic Thunder is one of the greatest comedies of all time. Uh, but I mean, Topic Thunder is the name of his Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. So uh, obviously we all know the the NBA is uh, a frenzy right now because free agency got started. And so uh, it's a fun time in the NBA. But yeah, so follow myself at Cameron Parker PO. Follow the show handle at Mainly Broncos. And once once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to a new episode of the Mainly Broncos podcast. <laughs>